Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Hello, welcome. It's Monday. November 7th, 2016. Frank Arone here. We're doing a uh, special Monday edition of the Arone Sports Pod due to the election tomorrow night. We're bumping our head a day here. So let's uh, check in with Rob. Uh, how are you doing there, Rob? I'm doing all right. Not the best weekend. Uh, we can get, that and get into that in a second, but uh, excited here for a little election special. We'll do a quick thing on concept corner instead of uh, betting we'll take a break and do a little election talk and for the election tomorrow yeah definitely i uh just got back from vegas last night where we had a pretty pretty fun weekend overall but uh as we'll get into here in a minute yeah the the game the games didn't uh, necessarily go our way that's for sure but other than that it was a it was a good time hanging out uh checking out your office there at the around sports headquarters out in vegas so that was oh cool, uh, cool to do. <laughs> the old HQ. That's right. So, anyway, let's uh, get right into it here and uh, take a little look back at last weekend with a weekend recap. The weekend recap. So, uh, how'd it go there uh, last week for you, Rob? I think we can. Uh, we were in a pretty similar boat. Not uh, not a good weekend at all. Pretty excited for it. Uh, coming on the weekend, ready was ready for Sunday, but turned into a pretty big disaster. I don't know, everything, and it wasn't really even much bad beats. I guess Tennessee, they had a few, We were on ten, I was on Tennessee pretty good with my own plays and some other ones as well, so it was a pretty big sharp play across from what I've heard just from today and everything, so it was a big play from the sharp wise guys uh, all week, and that just didn't work out. Those two bad turnovers that led to touchdowns obviously changed the game around, but it wasn't really unlucky, more just, uh, I don't know, bad bad play, and Philadelphia, they had all their chances. Another one of my plays that I released, they had a bunch of chances to beat the Giants there, and they got stopped on fourth down in their, on their own 10-yard line or so twice and missed a field goal. And I mean, I don't know. And they had a chance at the end to, to win it and obviously cover, so it was kind of frustrating, but I don't know what you're going to do. And then obviously that Denver kind of capped it off in the night game. We were both on them. I had a unit-and-a-half play on it, and I don't know. If, if any game was rigged last week, and I think that might have been the game, <laughs> But that still is pretty dom- domination by Oakland, I would say. So even a few sketchy pa- pass interference calls and stuff there. But, I mean, they really didn't deserve it anyway. But it was pretty frustrating to watch. So I don't know. Just kind of got to pick up. And keep, I had some pretty good numbers again last week. And uh, just keep grinding away. And hopefully the you know, results will turn good. Yeah, I was trying to think of what uh, how, how to accurately describe the uh, – the mood and the portrayal of how the events played out yesterday and the only thing that kept coming to mind was the red wedding 
<laughs> walking into walking into your office there at about uh, ten o'clock Vegas time when the games were starting, I could hear the the ominous music playing in the background, and uh, you know, sat down on the couch and heard the door lock, and it was over from there. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it was one of those deals where the the door, even though it's just a normal standard door with a my fingerprint lock, but it's kind of one of those things where it just automatically closed like really quickly and abruptly, and we'd have no idea what's going on. And the windows started coming in. And I felt like I was in like a, a saw thing or something like that, maybe. Yeah, so I I got really good numbers. Um, like you said earlier, um, like I, I had Pittsburgh plus three, and then I ended up closing minus three. So any any time you're getting the field goal instead of giving it, uh, you had to feel pretty good about uh, that number. But obviously, it didn't matter when they're basically. Fair semi blown out there by um, by Baltimore, so that was pretty frustrating. That score, then, that score there was even a little bit deceiving because it seemed like from what we were seeing, and at least what I was watching, Baltimore it's pretty much had control of that game. The whole Pittsburgh is supposed to move the offense, as we saw every time you look over there, just crazy. Yeah, and then well, you said Denver and Tennessee both went down as plays that uh, I released to the clients, and um, I mean. It, I, saving grace there was uh, last Thursday night. We finally got a Thursday night game right with Atlanta. That was a pretty easy pretty easy winner there. Uh, both got good numbers there at three, so that was nice. But uh, once Sunday started, it was just kind of a comedy of errors across the board. Like you said, uh, cap in there with the, the Denver uh, pick, which, yeah, just was almost never, you know, pretty much never in doubt loser there. So that was pretty frustrating uh both lost their pick of the week so that was that was no good <laughs> kind of be the you know the cherry on top there but uh what can you do just uh you know keep grinding and it's one of those things where try to minimize the damages like we were talking about yesterday that's uh where you can get in trouble if you you know have start having a bad day and you start pressing or getting a little over anxious to try to get it back so you just gotta you know accept when it's not going your way and and live to fight another day, so hopefully we can bounce back strong here next week. So let's uh, get right to it there and start breaking down the games here, starting with the old Thursday game. So first on Thursday, we got another... I think uh, first, let's cover those buys. Uh, oh, yeah, good quickly. point. We got Buffalo on a buy, Detroit, Indianapolis, and Oakland. So just those four teams. Uh, I, I do want to quickly touch with Oakland. I was going to say with that Denver game, they... Uh, opponents coming into Denver or on, coming into Oakland on a uh, division game like that with uh, like they played in that Sunday night game last night. Um, opponents been 14 and 0 against the spread. So after that loss last night, was there's a pick about or maybe Denver is maybe about a favorite, but obviously Oakland covered that game and won, so that moves that to 14 one. I thought that was kind of an interesting tidbit. Yeah, that's like I was saying last week on the podcast. I think there's going to be some value betting against Oakland here. In the future, it's just too bad they're kind of on a buy here, so that might uh, temper slightly the excitement for Oakland. Uh, it would be nice if you're coming back in a kind of a letdown spot here this week, but unfortunately that's not the case. And uh, so we'll have to see. I mean, all those teams are kind of intriguing. Uh, even Detroit getting that win against Minnesota. Now they're somewhat live for the division, even though I think they're still kind of, you know, somewhat of a fraud. I think they're pretty mediocre team and then even indy getting that win against the packers uh never we've neither of us really been high on them all year but it'll be kind of interesting to see uh, how how they are going forward especially in that super weak division you know if they can just play halfway decent they, you know they could be live till pretty deep in the season too so i think all those by teams are fairly intriguing and uh and interested to see 
where the numbers are at and how how they perform going forward. But anyway, let's uh, get to the games here. So that the Thursday matchup we got is a Cleveland at Baltimore. Doesn't get a whole lot sexier than that. That's so right. yeah, anytime you can combine the crisp uh, quality play of a Thursday night game with two teams like this with uh, skill skills galore across the board. Uh, it's gonna, you know, it's going to be an intriguing game. I can't figure out why the ratings would be down for something like this. But what uh, I had my guess on this one was Baltimore minus eight and a half. What did you have? Yeah, we actually had to do our power ratings here, and our guesses together kind of did them independently, but kind of went over it right after we were done, which is kind of cool. So that, uh, but yeah, this is the one I yeah we didn't guess the lines together as a caveat. We were just at the same, we did them at the same time independently, yeah. and then compared them immediately afterwards. Yeah, but yeah, so interesting. That's one of the games we both are right on here. Basically, basically, how high can you make a type of game? And we, we both didn't guess high enough. Uh, I was at eight and a half as well. Baltimore, my power rating was Baltimore minus seven and a half, and the Westgate opened this game Baltimore minus ten, and the look ahead was Baltimore minus nine and a half. So, right now we're seeing Baltimore pretty much ten across the board. Uh, I would, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure where this line's going to be going, but uh, I. I I kind of think that it would have been a nine and a half. It seems like a better number than ten. But now that they're already at ten, I don't really see it moving a whole lot uh, either way. So I don't really think there's urgency on either either side. But this is a game I'm not going to be too interested to look uh, to watch. And, and, it, and for a side perspective, I don't really want to be involved a whole lot either. Uh, I, Cleveland's been hard to back. Obviously, I'm going to lean that way just from so many points. And I don't think Baltimore's that great of a team, but. I'm, you know, for sure not going to land this many points with Baltimore. So I do like Baltimore because they have. I like their coaching staff a lot better. Harbaugh, I think, is a pretty good coach, and obviously Cleveland's a pretty inexperienced coaching staff. So those Thursday night games usually show that, uh, kind of magnify that that aspect of the of, of the game. So if anything, Baltimore is going to get a little bump off of that. And I don't know. At some point, Cleveland's got to be. Um, you know, you'd think they maybe be competitive here to win a game. Uh, down the coming stretch, so I don't know. That's, that's I could see this game being a little bit tighter, but I'd not really want to put any more money towards back back in Cleveland. So, but definitely a stay away here for me. Yeah, I wouldn't. In terms of coaching, I, I'm a big Harbaugh fan too, but I wouldn't sell Hugh Jackson short. I think he's yeah, that's a, good a pretty point. good coach, and I think he's a really really good offensive mind. Uh, even though Cleveland hasn't won a game yet, I don't think that's totally indicative of his ability. So, I agree that Harbaugh's got a little bit of an edge but it's not a, a huge difference in my opinion um <clears throat> in terms of this where the line's at here at 10 like baltimore shouldn't be laying 10 against anybody but on the flip side of that does anybody really want to take cleveland at this point i mean it's yeah they covered a couple weeks ago but i mean for the most part they were just non-competitive at all against dallas and what was somewhat of a letdown spot for dallas last week so I think, like we said pretty much every week, you're getting a little bit of value here, a little bit of line value on Cleveland, but uh, then you factor in the Thursday night on the road um, situation, and um, I just don't think I'll be able to quite pull a, pull the trigger on Cleveland, but I think that's, again, where, where the value lies. There's no way you could ever get me to bet Baltimore at this price. But anyway, we'll see. This is a, this is a good opportunity with all the Thursday games and Monday games and full slates on Sunday. If you, uh, you know, owe your <laughs> your girlfriend or wife a, a football night off to take care of something or, you know, make good, uh, here's here's a perfect night to do it. I don't think you're going to miss a whole lot from a betting standpoint or an entertainment standpoint. So here's your uh, 
here's your night to to make good there with the, the significant other. But uh, I don't think we need to go in any more depth on this one because I don't think either of us will have a play on this or uh, probably, you know, even even be uh, too locked into watching this one too intently. So let's just head straight to the Sunday slate where we have the first matchup of Houston at Jacksonville. And my guess on this one was Houston minus one and a half. What did you have? Yeah, my guess for uh, this, this game here, I had as a pick. My power rating was Houston minus one. Uh, the opener was a pick as well. And uh, the look ahead was Houston minus two. And right now we're seeing a little bit of support for Houston. I think you released a play on that um, on runsports.com. Seeing ones, one and a half, uh, and even a two out there. So I don't, I just makes a lot of sense to me with the Houston move. I don't know if we'll get to the three, but um, I, I think a two and a half might be where it might be closing that. It might move up a little bit more towards Houston, but I think a flat three. Uh, might be a little tough to get all the way up there. If, if so, that might be something that come in on Jacksonville even. So, right now I'm not going to be betting either way. I think I would I'd probably lean Houston here, but uh, like I said, if it does get to a three, then I'd probably be leaning Jacksonville. So, uh, it just Jacksonville's a team I don't really want to be backing, and they they look pretty sloppy. Even the, on the, the the box score yesterday against Kansas City, they just just blew them out of the water. They had four turnovers, which basically cost them in. Otherwise, they could have won the game outright pretty easily. Uh, but at the same time, it's a lot of a lot of garbage time too with with Bortles. That's his, that's what he's known for. So, and obviously, it, you know, Houston's got their problems in Osweiler. So I don't know. It's uh, it'll be another pretty crappy game, but it'll be kind of interesting to see what we can get off it and maybe get some value on one of the teams either against or for going forward. Yeah, like you said uh, at the beginning of that, I did release a play on Houston minus one last night, uh, thinking that the lines. Not necessarily way off, but I think anytime you can get a near pick against Jacksonville with with a team that's not Cleveland or San Francisco, I think that's uh, you know worthy of at least a look. And in this instance, you got Houston coming off a bye, which I think should be good. You know, to get them a little bit healthier and maybe Osweiler, you know, a few more reps and maybe a little bit more comfortable, build up his confidence a little bit. Hopefully, um, coming up against this Jacksonville team, where yeah, even though they covered less. Uh, last week, I still didn't upgrade them a whole lot, or don't really, may, you know, trust them maybe to slide in the back door when they're catching nine. But in the pick 'em game or pick 'em range like this, under a field goal, uh, do I really have any faith that they're going to get the job done and win the game? I mean, it's possible, but uh, I obviously I bet against it, being the fact that I, re- I released a play against them here. And if you look at it from the uh, the Houston side of it, they've played on the road. Uh, three times so far this year, they played the Patriots, the Vikings, and the Broncos, which the you know the Vikings and the Broncos uh, games don't look quite as impressive in terms of quality of competition at this point, based on what the Vikings and Broncos have done the last couple of weeks. But those are you know definitely three of the top what you know eight teams in the league or some somewhere in there, and uh, three of the best. You know, eight defenses, especially the the Vikings and the Broncos at the time they played them. So this is a huge, huge step down in class in terms of quality of competition here on the road. So um, I, I have enough faith that Osweiler and the offense will get it going, you know, a little bit to at least a respectable level. And uh, with how inept and just unsuccessful the Jacksonville offense has been. I think Houston's defense should be able to, to stifle them a decent amount. So I think 
up anything up until three, I think is worthy of a play. And like like you said, I think if it gets to three, there'll be a decent amount of uh, sharp buyback on the Jags at the three. So I could see this kind of potentially getting up to three, but then getting bought back to maybe a you know three even money on uh, if laying with uh, Houston or Jacksonville minus one twenty uh, plus three, maybe something like that, or like you said, staying um, even and out at two and a half somewhere in there. But we'll uh, we'll see what the market ends up doing with this game. But I think right now, uh, like I said, Houston's worthy of a bet. The next game up here we got is Kansas City at Carolina. Uh, on this one, I had Carolina minus two and a half is my guess. What, Joe? Um, yeah, this one I had Carolina minus one and a half. My power rating was Carolina minus one. The opener was Carolina three, and the look ahead was Carolina minus two and a half. So this one here. Uh, we're seeing actually Carolina took a little bit early steam or not such as called steam a little bit early money uh, up to three never got to three and a half but the three with uh, juice I saw that minus 120 uh, pretty much everywhere and I'm seeing about half those go back down to about a, a flat 110 or even a little bit more than that uh, so maybe a little bit of Kansas City money here I basically I was going to wait and see if I get a three and a half I would have liked Kansas City a decent amount at three and a half and even at three I, I like a, I like it a little bit um especially Alex Smith is now ruled in as well. So I would assume that there's going to be some more Kansas City money in just from that factor because I wasn't sure if it was going to be Smith or Foles. They kind of just hung a line up there in the middle. And I'd say I'd probably get Smith about a three-point lean, a uh, three-point difference between between the two. So I would uh, Between you know, Alex if, Smith and Nick Foles? Yeah, I'd say maybe maybe not, maybe two to two to three, something like that. I'd say even that's a lot. I'm, I guess I'm not totally sure where... Um, some of the sharper people I respect. I haven't. I don't know if I've necessarily heard Alex Smith quantified in terms of how much he's worth, but um, I'd say, in my opinion, maybe maybe a point difference between the two. But yeah, and I think that's too wide. Opinion. I think it should be a minimum of two. I'd probably go a little bit higher. I'd say that's what three. But yeah, I don't know. I guess we uh, disagree on that one. So, uh, but I I would anticipate some more money to come in on Kansas City regardless, because um, even that right there the. Opened at about three, so now that, that now that he's ruled in for sure because he was questionable before that or when that line was up. So uh, you would think that it'd be at you know two and a half or something like that. So I won't be surprised if that's where it closed. Um, but even that, I just do like Kansas City in the spot here. They had a pretty down game. Like I said in the last game, they should have lost it, or very not should have, but very easily could have. Uh, they had that one lucky fumble recovery at, on the punt or whatever it was at like a, the five or six yard line or something like that that turned into a touchdown and that was ultimately the, the difference in the game and obviously Jacksonville could have had a chance to win there late so and then a few other turnovers but um, you know and Kansas City is a good road coach as well one of the best in the league uh, historically the last like 10 years so this is a, a spot and Carolina obviously didn't look very good at all I thought there would be a game where they come out and look pretty sharp last week and you know, click on all cylinders against a, a shaky LA team but they they really didn't. It was pretty pretty awful all the way around, uh, just from the whole game. I did have an under in that game, so that was good and, and no sweater. But I think it was 13-10 final. But uh, I don't know. Carolina's kind of looking back to that last game. They look how they were before the bye. So I guess we'll have to see if they come out strong here or not. I don't know if I'll actually fire on Kansas City or not, but that's the only way I'm looking uh, at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, um, to the Alex Smith deal, I I find it very unlikely that him being announced in will even drive it below three but we'll have to see if that's the case or not I'd, i see this game either sitting at three or even going to three and a half by the end of the week because i know a lot of uh 
sharper, bigger money has Carolina still ranked as like a top eight, eight to ten team in the league. And uh, even though the record doesn't reflect that at three and five, um, a lot of the smartest I, people. I would but, argue Kansas City's in that same range though too, wouldn't you not? Yeah, I would, but I think that they're boost. I think a lot of I think a lot of the sharper people have um, Carolina slightly ahead of Kansas City, and I think they're going to give them a little bit of a bump for being a lot more desperate at three and five than Kansas City is at six and two. Um, so I think they'll give them a little bit of a, a boost for that. So I'd say that I don't, I don't see this number getting below three at all, in my opinion. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But I think it's either going to sit three or maybe even get up to three and a half. And at three and a half, I think I would like to take that hook with Kansas City. And I think it'd be worthy of a smaller bet. But I don't think there's. Um, I don't, I'm not in love with anything necessarily in this game. I just have a small lean to Kansas City. At uh, if it does get a three and a half at three, I really have no opinion on the game. Uh, I don't. I wasn't overly impressed with Carolina last week, but I also wasn't overly impressed with Kansas City last week. And do you know if uh, Kelsey, the tight end there for Kansas City, I know he got ejected for throwing the towel at the referee. Do you have any um, status on whether he's going to be suspended or not for the, uh, any time going forward? I don't think so. I don't, did you hear some things? I haven't heard anything. I assume he's just going to be playing like normal, but I, I'm i not really sure, I guess. I haven't heard okay. anything about it. That would be something, I think. Um, I heard that it was just possible he might be suspended, but I haven't heard if there's a ruling or not on that yet. So that would be something to kind of uh, pay attention to because I think he's maybe their best offensive weapon. Uh, so him being out could be a potential hit to them. So that would be something to kind of monitor. And uh, if it is announced that he's out, then that would definitely keep me away from Kansas City. Um, if he's in and it does get a three and a half, like I said, I'd probably make a small bet on him. But we'll uh, we'll see where the – I'll be kind of curious to see where the market takes this one as the week uh, goes on. Yeah, and Spencer Ware would be another one to look at too. Obviously, Jamal Charles out in the starting running back, and then Ware's the backup, so he's questionable right now too with a concussion. So. Yeah, I think they uh, right now they're the recipients of Niles Davis Plinko. You just – bouncing around from different team to team, and he finally landed down in the Kansas City slot again. So oh, okay. I had him. I picked him up on my fantasy team in, like, four different leagues that I'm in when uh, he went to the Packers, figuring, all right, you know, any Packers running back should potentially have some value if they give him some passes out of the backfield and whatnot. Then he got cut from there, and he got signed by, I think it was the Jets, and didn't even play a week. He got cut from there. And then he got picked up by somebody else and got cut from there, and now he's back on Kansas City again where he started. So it's been uh, an interesting ride for him. But obviously, to your point, if Ware and Charles are both out and then he has thrust into the starting spot, uh, obviously he's not uh, too highly thought of if teams are you know, cutting him before they're even basically letting him get any game times in. So that, that would be a downgrade as well. So those are both something to monitor here as, as the week goes on. Uh, next game up here we got is Denver at New Orleans. <clears throat> of course, Denver fresh off that uh, egg laid that cost both of us last week. Uh, I had Denver minus one and a half here. This was before the Sunday night game, though, as a little caveat. Uh, what'd you have? Yeah, mine was before the Sunday night game as well. My guess was New Orleans minus one and a half. My power rating was a pick. Uh, on the opener, before the game was New Orleans minus one, and then after the game it moved, maybe moved up about a point, to, and then it got quickly bet up to two, so it basically reopened at Minus one and a half this morning, and then it quickly moved to two. So you know, take that as for what you will. Um, and then the Denver, and then look ahead from the week before was Denver minus one. So right there, 
Denver didn't even play yet, and just stuff. Uh, that's that's the what little discrepancy. That's what I don't really agree with here. That's obviously why my power rating's lower uh, and stuff as well. But Denver hadn't even played at this point, and the look ahead was Denver minus one, like I said, and then the Westgate opened it at, at New Orleans minus one. So that's a two-point swing. Granted, it's not much from one to one, but I mean, still a little bit of a move. I'd say you know, ten cent move or whatever, maybe it's slightly more. And it uh, based off of solely New Orleans performance against San Francisco, and it's like. I don't know. It's uh, they, yeah, they look decent and everything like that. But it's are you really gonna upgrade them that much for just, for just playing a San Francisco team? Uh, so I don't really agree with that at all. I think it probably should open up in the pick range at, at the most. So but with this game, I don't know if I really want to buy back into Denver here. Although this that'd be the way I'd lean. I don't really want to buy high with New Orleans. So kind of maybe monitor the line if if it doesn't go up here anymore and get any New Orleans support. Uh, maybe would hop on Denver for either a small bet or something late, but. Yeah, at the, at the current number, I'd probably just be staying away. But I, I would see some. I would anticipate seeing some New Orleans support, just the way they have been playing, and basically the way Denver has been playing hasn't. Their offense hasn't been clicking, and their running game has basically been inept. So I won't be surprised to see some more support here for New Orleans. I don't know if we'll get to a three or not. I, I kind of doubt it, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, my initial thought here was to Denver as well, but the two things that are going to keep me off it is the fact that they did play. Uh, a division rival last week in Oakland in a primetime late game on the West Coast, and now they're flying to, you know east to, for an early start and this perfect letdown spot, uh, an interconference game. Uh, the you know the the least importance of the games are uh, when they got an interconference game, an AFC team playing an NFC team here, and then also off the even though they kind of got embarrassed, so you know maybe they'll come out strong. But usually it seems like there might be a little bit of a continuation of a letdown after that dominated performance uh, against them there last week. So I think there's a little bit of line value if you just took this game in a vacuum on Denver. But based on the, the situation, um, I don't really like it that much. And then also when you factor in New Orleans, I think is made up pretty similarly to Oakland in terms of you know a high passing attack. Uh, a lot of a lot of throwing the ball and a pretty mediocre to bad defense. But if you don't have a an offense that can move the ball fairly well them, themselves, like playing against them, you can kind of get by with that shaky defense, as we saw last night. So I could see a scenario where the game plays out fairly similar to it did last week, especially if Denver doesn't come out. Uh, too fired up to play right away. New Orleans could jump out to a, an early lead, and at that point, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Simeon or just the Denver offense in general bringing them back. So, uh, and then the other thing is uh, the Denver secondary is still decently banged up with uh, Talib out and one other player. I forgot forgot who off the top of my head, but um, if if you have a banged up secondary, that's not good against Drew Brees and and that passing attack. So. Um, yeah, but like I said, a little lean to Denver in a vacuum, but based on the situation and everything, um, I find it very unlikely I'll be involved in this game either way. But I will be kind of curious to see if um, how this game does play out and uh, take take that going forward. And Denver, Denver's secondary might be a little gun-shy after that game last uh, last week or last night, I should say, uh, after breathing on it pretty much and getting penalties. So. Yeah, I know that's been a problem, kind of an ongoing problem all year with Denver to some extent is they're starting to get called a lot for a lot of those 
you know, ticky-tacky defensive holding penalties and legal contacts and pass interference and stuff. And um, if you're kind of like with Seattle, too, when you have a good defenses like that that are basically pushing receivers around and kind of imposing their will on people, it works really well. But if you start getting called for stuff like that, um, it can be – it can go go south pretty quickly and can be really frustrating for the players. So that is something to continue to monitor with Denver, see if they can get that corrected or if that's going to be a continuing problem. If it is, their defense might be a little bit overvalued uh, in terms of either totals or for their side uh, in the future. So that's this is a perfect week here to pay attention to that and see if it's a continuing problem or if they're doing uh, going about taking the right steps to adjust for that. Uh, the next game up we got is the Rams of Los Angeles at the Jets. Uh, for this one, I had the Jets minus one and a half. What did you have? Yeah, this one I guess was my guess was the Jets minus two and a half. My power rating was the Jets minus one and a half. The Westgate opened the Jets minus two and a half, and that was the look at as well at two and a half. So yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this game. I've seen maybe a little bit of uh, Ram support, which I'm not surprised really. Uh, I think a lot, a lot of that has to do with the quarterback because the Jets uh, is not really sure who's going to be playing. If it's going to be Fitzpatrick or the the third string, which I don't know, I forget his name right now, but he hasn't. He's hardly thrown. I think he's thrown like what two passes or something in the NFL. I think I heard so. Because well, Geno Smith's out, right? Yeah, he's, he's out. He's on the injury uh, IR, so he can't play. So it's the third string. I don't know. What is it Hackenberg? Is. No, Ooh, it doesn't let me sound see. right. Let me see. But anyway, I, up here. I, I so I mean I'm not too high on Fitzpatrick, but obviously it's. Someone that hasn't played in the NFL ever before, very, very, very little, is uh, they got either Hackenberg or Bryce Petty are the two other yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I think Petty is what I heard that it would be playing if if um, Fitzpatrick's out. Maybe that's not right either. I don't know. Oh, either yeah, either one of those. You don't really know what to make of it, but uh, I'm not. I don't have a whole lot of faith in either of them being too impressive. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, with this game, I don't really want to drag it on. I don't really have the totals obviously low, which it should be at 39 and a half or 40 and. Right now, I'm seeing either a, you know anywhere from a one and a half to a two and a half, and I just I'm not going to be I'd be obviously leaning Rams just getting the points in a game like this, but I don't really have any faith in them. I'm just going to be staying away from this game. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I I like the, I like the Rams a little bit, um, but I I don't really have enough faith in them going on the road and winning a game outright, basically, which they're being asked to do here. Uh, their offense has basically been non-existent now for a couple weeks in a row so uh, at some point I think they're going to bring in Goff just to see what they got in their number one overall pick because I don't think Keenum's been bad or the problem but uh, you know with through the three and five already I find it pretty unlikely they're going to turn it around and make a playoff push so at some point I think you just get the rookie in there to give him a little experience going into next year but I don't know if him not getting any playing time is just an indictment on him or just uh, the team philosophy there but uh, we'll see. Yeah, in this in this game, from a betting perspective, I really really don't have much of an opinion at all. So we might as well not waste any more time on it and just move right on to the next one. Next game up we got is Atlanta at Philadelphia, and I had a pick for this one as my guess. What'd you have? I had Atlanta minus one and a half. My power rating was Atlanta minus one. The opener and the look ahead at Westgate was Philly minus two and a half. So I was just. Out of all the, all the games here, that's probably the one I've been, you know, the biggest discrepancy with. So uh, I don't really see that much at all. I don't really understand why Philadelphia is that big of a favorite. I've, I've been on Philly decently high on them, too, the last two weeks, and 
very very easily could have won both those games. Obviously, two weeks ago, they should have won uh, against Dallas there and kind of really dirty cover for Dallas. But what are you going to do? And then Philadelphia last week, not not necessarily a bad loss by any means, but they, they very easily could have won that game uh, outright and let alone covered. So, But, you know, it's about like this. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, Atlanta's been looked pretty solid and they've had a couple bad spots and everything that they could have against Green Bay and a couple other games, even on that Thursday night game, could have been a little bit of a letdown spot against a bad team, but they got got it done and looked pretty dominant. So they got a little bit extra rest coming off of this game. Philadelphia had a pretty you know big division game against the Giants there that they were neck and neck with and ended up losing. And so I think the spot here a little bit better for Atlanta, but I mean they have had, had quite a bit of game, quite a bit of good games here uh, stretch with Atlanta. So I could see you know argue either way, but I think this is just a yeah, this should be a game where Atlanta's favorite, and obviously it's came down a little bit. Now we're looking at a pick uh, to one, one and a half. But I did get Atlanta at two, uh, thinking there's no way it can go any higher uh, in Philadelphia's favor. So I would imagine that by kickoff here, Atlanta's going to be favorite. So I, if you like Atlanta, I would definitely lock in now uh, sooner than later. So I, that's where I'd be looking. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's the wrong team favored right now situation. And it looks like the markets are tending to agree. Like you said, you got a what, two or, or what, two and a half, whatever it was. And now I'm just seeing down to pick or uh, Philly minus one. So I think by the end of the week, Atlanta will go off as the favorite. And I think they're, I think they're a pretty, I don't want to say a significantly better team, but I do think they are somewhat significantly of a better team than Philly. I'm not sure totally what to make of the spot. Uh, with Atlanta coming back and beating Green Bay a couple weeks ago, and then having the short week and taking it to the Bucks, you know, division rival in a revenge game, and then having a couple extra days to pre- prepare for the Eagles here, that could be a good thing. Obviously, a little bit extra rest and a little bit more preparation time. But if they're feeling a little too good about themselves after the last couple games, uh, that might not necessarily be a good thing. Uh, I want to jump in real quick. That's a good yep. point. But I just want to say that I think the one th- I would normally generally say that oh yeah they're coming off some big wins and stuff. And I kind of like I even said they you know, have some like the Green Bay win and the Tampa Bay win that don't look pretty good. I think in a, gen- a general team, even like someone like Oakland, that'd be a definitely a bet against sign for me. But something like Atlanta when they started off so hot six and zero last year, then they went I don't even know what they went down the stretch. Won like one game or something and just played awful down the stretch. I think they're always kind of lingering in their minds, so they kind of don't get too ahead of themselves. So I just want to add that so that's kind of why I, the caveat i think i put in with that where i don't quite downgrade quite as much from that the spot specific just for this team yeah we'll see i i don't i don't have that trust in atlanta at all that they're going to be a professional and veteran enough squad to look past stuff like that and not succumb to it again even if they do have it in the back of their minds uh i think they are kind of like a like an oakland team where they're Probably, I think they're probably more full of themselves than they should be when they when they're doing well. And I think there's, I think Atlanta's going to be a bet against team going down the stretch here. Uh, if the if the right matchup uh, presents itself, I think that they're they're a good team, but I think they're being valued. Or they're they're not in this game. I don't think they're necessarily being valued too high, obviously. But I think if, especially if they win this game or a couple couple more games in a row here. Uh, I think they will be overvalued, and there will be some uh, go-against potential against them, but we'll we'll see how it plays out here. Um, and then 
That's what I was saying, my, going back to my main point there, I don't think it's a great spot for Atlanta, but I don't think it's the worst of spots. And then for Philly, um, coming off two tight losses to their two division rivals on the road and now coming back home to play a good team in, in Atlanta, um, there's potential for a little bit of a, a hangover or letdown early uh, after the, the two division games there like that. But since they lost them both, uh, they're now they drop down to four and four, and now they're actually last in their division after they were uh, leading it there. Or what were they? Were they three and zero? Yeah, they're three and zero. So now they've lost four or five. So they should be motivated here to try to get a win. Uh, so you can kind of look. I don't really know what to make the spot from the Philly side either. So for me, um, I think Atlanta's got a little bit of line value here. I do think they're the better team. But spot-wise, I'm not totally sure what to make of it. And Philly has been pretty good at home, beating the Vikings, beating the Steelers, and then beating the Browns. So I don't know if I totally want to step ahead of Philly uh, at home, but um, that would be the way I lean into towards Atlanta on this one. Next game up we got is the Minnesota Vikings at the Washington Redskins. And my guess was Washington minus three on this one. What you have? This one I had Washington minus one and a half. My power rating was a pick. The opener was Washington minus two and a half, and the look ahead was Washington minus one and a half. So yeah, I kind of come in a little light here. I, I should have realized that markets kind of collapsed on Minnesota and a little bit higher on Washington the way they've been playing the last three, four weeks, coming off the bye and everything. So we are seeing a little bit of support here for Washington, two and a half with Juice. Uh, this is this is a game that's definitely going to get to three in my opinion. It's just uh, I don't I don't know if it's going to go any higher than three. Uh, if it gets to three and a half, which I highly doubt it, it's going to be a bet. I'm going to be all over Minnesota. Even at three, I might be on Minnesota, even though I don't really like back in the team, my home team, and the team that I watch and care about the most. But this is just a game where I could see them, you know, now that they don't really have a whole lot of public support and kind of everybody's doubting them now and stuff. This is a, that's a spot I'd rather have Minnesota and then a, a spot where they're, you know, a big favorite and everyone's expecting them to win. So that'd be where I look at this game with Minnesota and total they're kind of even adjust a little bit up here 41 and a half 42 even 42 and a half so i don't really have any problem with that where that's at i don't really see a whole lot of movement out of that either so um yeah i would kind of wait and see where this number goes but if you like washington i probably would uh, bet it now but otherwise minnesota you definitely wait and get a better number later in the week in my opinion yeah i could see i could see this going up to three but i think uh, when it does get to three, I think there will be some buyback on the Vikings. So I can see this bouncing between two and a half and three all week uh, for the most part. I I think, I, I mean, like, uh, if you're giving Washington three for home field, um, I, I think that the Vikings are a better team. So I think it should be a little bit less than that. Uh, I know you can maybe give Washington a, a little bit of a bump off the bye there. But... Uh, I don't know. The, the the only thing that would really stop me from backing the Vikings is the offensive line on the road is something that kind of scares me. Obviously, based on their performances uh, the last handful of games, I think they uh, did a better job of masking it last week. I don't know if that's just because of the home crowd or the play calling or a combination of the two now that Norv's out. But uh, that's, that's something that you want to usually be proactive and try to get ahead of the markets before uh, before all the value is gone from from uh, what you're looking into. So 
it would be nice to be proactive here and, and jump on the Vikings where I think there might be a little bit of value. But I also don't, don't know if I really want to put a bet in and then watch Bradford getting pummeled by Kerrigan and the Washington front seven, which isn't overly impressive, but that, you know, the Bears were getting after Bradford pretty good there a couple of weeks ago. So, um, I mean, anybody's really capable of doing it if the line doesn't step their, step their game up or the play calling doesn't, uh, active, actively kind of protect against and work, uh, you know, try to mask how bad the line is. So, uh, I'd agree that I think there's a little bit of value in Minnesota, but I don't know if I'm fully ready to step in with uh, that variable still kind of being somewhat unknown here. It's kind of miraculous. As poorly as Minnesota's played over the last month, they're still leading the, the north there. And uh, it's kind of, I guess, more of an indictment on the Packers, the fact that they're only 4-4 four and four here when Minnesota's left the door wide open for them to take control of the division, and they've just kind of refused to do it. And so with the, the Lions right there now only half game back, I'll be kind of curious to see how this division uh, plays out here going going down the stretch. Uh, let's see, we got the, what do we got, two more early games here. The next one up we got is uh, the aforementioned Green Bay Packers against the Tennessee Titans. And I had Green Bay minus three. What did you have? This one, I guess, a pick. My power rating was a pick. The opener was Green Bay minus one, and the look at it was Green Bay minus two and a half uh, at the Westgate. And it moved it down. They kind of downgraded Green Bay after that loss from Indy. I think I don't really think Tennessee was affected a whole lot. I wouldn't have expected, so that's probably why they moved it down a point or two from what their look ahead was. And then, you know, quickly they get some Green Bay money right away. Moved right now. I'm seeing two and a half with juice towards Green Bay, and uh, which I'm not really too surprised about. So this is a game where I won't be surprised if it gets to three again. Um, but this is—I I don't know. This is a tough game for me. <laughs> really tough. I—I I don't know. It's—I was on Tennessee last week. I felt pretty confident about it. I felt it was a good, pretty good bet. Got it at five and a half. Closed it pretty much three and a half. You know, pretty good. You know, a good, good number uh, adjusted line value from closing line value there. So uh, obviously got a little bit of support, but I don't really know if I want to go back to the well against Tennessee here because this is a game where I could see Green Bay. Going down to Tennessee and you know, kind of looking pretty good. I almost say it every week, I guess, but it's uh, I don't know. This is a, it seems like they usually do a little bit better with those lower, lower class teams, which Indianapolis kind of can come out and you know shoot out like they did, and Luck played pretty well. But I don't know. It'll be it'll be a game, I guess. I'm pretty interested to see. It's kind of hard hard handicap in my my eyes, so I'm not really sure what to make of it. So I'm probably should be sitting back and and watching it and see what I can take from it. But I do want to point out, Mariota did play decent last last week. He made some pretty good throws, but then and then he also made some bad ones as well that turned into you know point six for for San Diego. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here, I guess. Yeah, I want to give a, a quick little plug to my my Twitter account here at Frank Arone. I tweeted yesterday. Uh, before the Sunday night game, just when the Lions first came out, uh, just my first take, quick reactions to which way the Lions are going to move in case you do have uh, a, you know, a, a your book released Lions and you want to get down on them quickly before any of the line moves happen. And uh, I bring it up now because I, Green Bay was at minus one there. You set it open, and uh, it's quickly already up to two and a half with juice to Green Bay, or I'm seeing even a couple threes pop up. So this is an instance where I said, and I tweeted out, I said Green Bay is going to be moving towards three. So if you like them, that minus one in your pockets, way better than minus two with juice or minus three. 
And uh, so far, the line moves I projected were was Houston from a pick towards three, which it starting to move. And then I had Denver and Atlanta flipping favorites, which those are still up in the air. Um, and then the Miami-San Diego total, which has been moving up, and then a couple other uh, games that we haven't talked about yet that have all moved in the right direction too. So um, it's a good source of information, uh, you know, either my Twitter account or just in general. You can get a lot of information uh, pretty quickly from there. And so it's a good medium to use to, uh, to gather information. And a lot of times a lot of the line moves are – I don't want to say obvious, but a lot of times you can have a pretty strong inclination to where some of the lines are going to move. Uh, like in this one, for instance, you know the public's going to be all over Green Bay laying less than a field goal against Tennessee because Green Bay is still a pretty big public team, even though they've haven't been uh, they've been pretty underwhelming here uh, the, the last few weeks. But um, Tennessee is just you know about as about as unsexy as it gets from a public backing perspective so in this case here uh the, i think there's going to be some sharp support for green bay to moving that knowing that the line's going to be moving upwards they're just going to take the one and then they'll figure out if they want to buy tennessee back or just keep their one at a good number and then later in the week the public's going to be on top of all over green bay as well so then that's just going to continue moving the number up so uh, i did take a little green bay at minus one and now uh, I'm going to have the option to either buy Tennessee back or just let my Green Bay bet ride at a better number than the market currently has. So sometimes it's more about just getting numbers than actually having opinions on the game. And uh, you can turn a profit that way as well, even if you don't really, you know, even if you're not looking at necessarily projecting the outcome of the game, but just trying to beat the market. Um, in terms of my actual handicap on this game, I just... I'm not really sure what to make of the Packers. Their, their offense looked really good there against Atlanta a couple weeks ago. But other than that, they just really haven't been too impressive uh, most of the season, which we've kind of been all over for the most part. Um, the, losing to the Colts like they did last week was um, kind of more of the same for the, mo- you know, for the most part with them, and I just haven't been impressed with the Packers at all. And Rodgers is basically throwing everybody he can under the bus, it seems like, <laughs> saying that, uh, you know, he, he came out fired up, but not a lot of other people on the team did. And he had a weird vibe in the sidelines. And when you start hearing stuff like that from one of your supposed team leaders, that's not good. And the fact that they're 4-4, and four, it seems like it's been a long time since the Packers haven't had a winning record. And uh, so I don't know. I'm not really sure what to make of them. I mean, they always have the potential to, get back to their old ways and i don't really like the titans that much i thought it was a great spot for them last week and they did with the, through the two pick sixes there that so it's a little bit misleading they could have easily covered that game but i don't know if i'm totally ready to trust Mariota or tennessee in a, in a pick em range game or under a field goal against the packers here so um i'm not really sure what i'm going to do i'm just going to kind of see where the market moves on this one if it gets up to if it gets above three, I'm definitely going to buy Tennessee back at three and a half and have a nice little middle window there. Um, if it stays at three, I'm going to have to make a decision here later in the week what I'm going to want to do with my uh, Green Bay minus one bet. So uh, other than that, I don't really have a whole lot of strong opinions on that game. So let's just head to the last early game here on the slate. We got Chicago at Tampa Bay. Uh, looks like there's not a whole lot of numbers on the board right now. Uh, I know. Like Mike Evans is 
questionable. Uh, is that the reason that there's not any numbers on the board? No, Winston, Winston was questionable. They wasn't sure because he went out on that Thursday night game. He had uh, some with his leg, I think, or something. But, yeah, he was uh, went out of that game early. So I think he's, they're still kind of waiting on Winston to see if he's going to be starting or not. But even those numbers that you do see from all the books I just checked, they're uh, – not even up there anyway, so they're just uh, you know, not not real numbers. So okay. we really don't have anything to go off of in this game for the most part. You no, know, I thought uh, thought I heard Winston was probable or he was in, but um, I think he might have just got upgraded re- recently, maybe today or something. So that's why I don't know why there's. Yeah, you'd think there would be a number by now, but I think that's from what I heard. That's why they didn't have a number up widely available from before. Yeah, and this is an instance where I'll trust the the books more so than I will, uh, you know, a random source or hearing a tidbit of information somewhere. If they're not putting lines up, uh, there's more doubt, I think, than, than what, might, what, what might be reported. So uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. My guess on this one, I had Tampa Bay minus three, uh, but I guess we won't totally know what you have, though. I had Tampa Bay minus two. My power rating was Tampa Bay minus one and a half. I mean, the – I did see an opener of minus two at Westgate, but I don't know. It's now I'm showing a, a minus one and a half at Chicago at Westgate, so I know those. It's kind of hard. I don't know if those that number is even real. I didn't check it myself on the app personally. So, um, and the look ahead was Tampa minus three. So I mean, I think that's almost the most vindictive number out of all of them is look ahead. So I would imagine this to come just short of that. I mean, I I think it's probably going to come in the uh, Tampa Bay being a slight favorite if I had to guess, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, with Winston playing, so I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens, but. Other than that, there's really not a whole lot to, to say, I don't think, about it. Yeah, I think looking for indicative there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, uh, I th- it's amazing to me how, like, I, I think Tampa, people are starting to sell them pretty heavily after they pretty much no-showed against Atlanta there last week, and they just really haven't looked impressive pretty much the whole year. But it's kind of interesting to me how before the, the game against the Vikings – the Bears had lost. Uh, the you know the Bears were one and six, and they were thought of as maybe the third worst team in the league behind the Browns and the, the Niners. So they come out and look good against the Vikings on a, one Monday night game, and all of a sudden they're getting respect enough where they're less than a field goal on the road against a below average team. Not saying that's totally unwarranted. Um, you know, Cutler did play really good, and you know I don't have a lot of faith in Tampa, but. It does kind of seem a little bit of an overreaction to me that one of the worst teams in the league at one and six plays one good game, and then all of a sudden they seem to be getting a decent amount of respect. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if I trust Tampa enough to bet them. Which if it comes out anything below three, but at the same time, uh, I think there might be a little bit of a too much support there for Chicago. So we'll see. See how this game plays out and uh, where Chicago is valued going forward. But if, especially if they look good in this game, I think there's potential for them to be a little bit overvalued uh, in the weeks to come here. So the let's go to the afternoon. Looks like there's only three afternoon games this week, which isn't ideal. It was kind of nice having four there last week. Um, so now with one less buy or two two less teams on buys, I wish they would have kept the four afternoon games, but. Uh, what are you going to do? I guess three is better than two. So the first one up we got is Miami at San Diego. And I had San Diego at six is my guess for this one. What did you have? Yeah, I had San Diego minus six and a half. Uh, my power rating was San Diego minus six and a half. 
the opener was San Diego minus four, and that was also the look-ahead line. And seeing a little bit of Miami money right away, if anything, I uh, see three and a halfs across the board, uh, a couple of rogue fours, or a handful of rogue fours, I should say. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really. I don't understand this here. Why Miami's taking money? It's not a lot, but still, I don't understand why San Diego's not a bigger favorite here. I was obviously against San Diego last week, and I mean it's a pretty pretty similar situation. I don't understand. I don't know Miami, and I don't think it's a good team as Tennessee personally. So it's I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I guess we'll wait and see if it keeps. I don't think it go any lower than this, <laughs> but obviously I was wrong with my 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 guess. So um, we'll we'll see. But I, I if I I would really strongly think it's got to go at least San Diego close by a, at a four or five uh, minimum. So I don't know. Or not minimum, but that's what I would have to put it at. So I don't know. I'm gonna wait and see what happens with the market here, and uh, might might make a small bet on San Diego. But I did like. I think we both liked it when I went through the totals here originally. I I liked it a lot. San Diego Miami here on the over. I released it at 48, and I got a four. I it's a two unit play, which is actually my only two unit play of the year. Uh, I got a 47 and a half and a 48 and at two, at two different books here. So. I uh, it's already getting bet up to 49. I see, I don't know, just like a few 48 and a half. So I definitely uh, like the way the market's moving up on this one, and I I wouldn't be surprised to see more money moving on this on this total over and get up to a 50 plus. So I think the numbers just hung a little bit too low, and obviously they've been uh, paying for it here. Yeah, um, I, this, this number uh, obviously with my guess at six kind of baffled me a little bit. Um, I don't understand why San Diego is laying uh, five basically all week against Tennessee last week. And then Miami comes in at three and a half here. Uh, I don't think Miami's any better of a team than Tennessee, but I don't know if the markets disagree with that or if they realize that, I mean, the number did close at three and a half last week. So they figured, Oh, we'll just put three and a half to start here instead of taking uh, Miami money this week. Or if they just value Miami more highly, I don't think you can really downgrade San Diego from last week. So, number doesn't totally make sense to me but uh i don't know if i'm if i'm really interested for all the reasons we laid out last week uh laying more than a field goal at san diego so uh i don't think uh even though i disagree with the number by a couple points um i don't really like the situation enough to back san diego at this price if it does get down to a flat three um, i'll absolutely be all over them but I, I really find it hard, really hard to believe that it will get down to three at any point this week. But um, I guess we'll see where it goes. Uh, I also agree completely with the total, your total take. That's uh, one of the first things we both immediately saw when we looked at the numbers was that total just seemed out of whack. It seemed way low. Um, from Miami, the last few weeks, they've been, I wouldn't say a strong over team. Uh, they've been maybe a slight over team. Uh, they put up the totals of 50 last week, 53 the week before, 45 the week before that, 47. So they've been maybe a slight over team, but the main component of this is San Diego. I mean, they're about, about as over as it gets. Uh, Rivers is moving the ball great on offense and their defense is you know, mediocre at best. And you look at, San Diego totals. They played nine games this year. This is the point I was making to you yesterday when we f- were first looking at this. Um, so San Diego's played the Broncos twice, uh, their division rival, which they've only scored 44 and 46 points. So those 
Yeah, it's still a decent amount of points, not low scoring by any means. I mean, 34, sorry, 34 and 46. But other than that, the San Diego totals have had 78 points, 63 points, 75 points, uh, 69 points, 48 points, 52, and 60. So it's like every time they're not playing the Broncos, they're putting up 50 points minimum, basically. And uh, I don't see any reason for that to be changing. So this total at 48 just seems absurd to me. Even I mean, it should be, in my opinion, 51, 51 and a half, somewhere in there, because I don't think Miami's going to try to slow the game down. They'll keep up pace with the, the Chargers a decent amount, and then the Chargers will be moving the ball um, pretty well, I think, against Miami. So this total to me definitely seems uh, – a notch or two too low here, and uh, I was trying. I was going to release that 48 last night, but I didn't really see a whole lot of uh, numbers that were too available, so I ended up releasing it today at 48 and a half, which was widely available. Did get a 48 myself, but uh, well, hopefully this one will get through. Uh, this one to me was probably the biggest discrepancy uh, I had with my uh, react my numbers. So I think uh, you having a the 20s to unit play on this was uh, totally justified in my opinion. So hopefully, unlike some of the plays last week, we felt good about this one will uh, hopefully come through for us. Yeah, one of the few 48 and a half left at Heritage is one of them. They just moved to 49 as we speak. So, I mean, even even at this number, I like I said, I think it's going to go to 50. So I don't even think it's. I, I think you would agree. I don't even think it's a bad bet at 49 right now where the, the current market's at. No, definitely not. I know. In terms of the totals market, 48 and 49 are. Uh, key numbers, uh, especially 49. So you definitely want to get the 49 before it moves to 49 and a half. But yeah, anything under 50, I still think is, is worthy of a bet. So um, absolutely, absolutely. I don't think you you missed the boat a little bit, but definitely not enough to the point where you lay off it uh, at this point. I think it's kind of weird. One of the biggest uh, square books is, is sports book. They're usually ahead on overs and big favorites. They're usually a big uh, half a point to a point, uh, a notch above the market. And this is one where they're at forty and a half still. So I don't understand that a whole lot because usually they're you know if the current market on a game like this forty nine or it's moving that way they're going to be a, a, above the market because square betters like to bet overs and they like to bet favorites. So that's what they you know that's what they post their numbers to to appeal to them. So it's kind of strange and a little. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense to me for that specific one but yeah whatever i kind of like seeing that personally when i'm on and over if sharper books, oh definitely yeah. yeah if the sharper books are taking over action and the square books aren't you know that there's a, a sharp group or a handful of sharp bettors that are taking the over position as well and they're betting at the sharper books where they can get more money down or uh you know they're allowed to to bet, I know some square books will ban sharper players from betting there. Or they won't let them bet that much, and that's why a lot of people ask, well, why would a, a, a sharp better bet at a sharp book where the numbers aren't going to be as favorable likely than they would at a square book? And that's the main reason why is they'll either uh, ban sharper betters from betting there if they think they have an edge over them, or they'll severely decrease their limits and not allow them to bet there. So uh, as a sharper better, they're don't have that as an option so they'll bet into sharper books where they can get more down on a game and so if you see a sharper book moving a total upward and a square book hasn't moved it yet uh, that's usually a good sign that there's someone that uh, should demand a little bit of respect as a similar opinion on the over there so if you can get on it before the move 
uh, definitely kind of validates uh, my thought process or my opinion on the game. So I like to see that when it's uh, available. Um, next game up here we got is San Francisco at Arizona. My um, guess on this one was ten and a half. What did you have? Okay, yeah, I had Arizona minus nine. My power rating was Arizona minus eight and a half. <laughs> the opener was Arizona minus twelve and a half, and the look ahead was Arizona minus eleven. I mean, I don't know. I, this is kind of like the first game we talked about with Baltimore Cleveland. It's like how high can you make it against these awful teams, San Francisco Cleveland? So I'd obviously make it high enough. I thought maybe it's a little. I would be there just for the teaser protection with at nine, but obviously not. And open an hour seeing. 13, 13 and a half, and on its way to 14. So obviously not a whole lot of support here for San Francisco, rightfully so. I'm, I, I mean it makes sense, I guess. Um, I, I just, I'm not gonna be laying, you know, uh, double digits here with Arizona. They're, I think they've not a team that's impressed me hardly at all. But at the same time, it's San Francisco. I, I can see why the market's back in Arizona, but I'm not gonna be backing it myself. So I guess you know maybe if it gets to two touchdowns or more, I. Maybe just put in a principal bet on San Francisco, but even then, it's just it's still tough to back them. Just with, like I said, I've been saying this for a while now. It's I think San Francisco defense basically just throwing the towel on on Chip Kelly, kind of like Philadelphia did. They're just saying we're not doing this high speed offense. We don't produce anything, and we have to go back back on the field and have one of the you know most minutes on the field out of any team just from a defensive perspective. So yeah, I, I can kind of see why they're doing that, but it's not a team I want to be uh, backing really either. So I don't. Not going to have a whole lot of opinion here on this game. Yeah, I have no opinion on the side, really. I, I don't want any part of San Francisco. I know no matter what, uh, at, at a certain number, you you have to take a side or, you know, like a side. But for me, the Niners, like the number has to get way, way out of whack for me to want to step in because I do think they've quit on some level, and it's been like that for a while now. So, you know, yeah, maybe at – Fourteen and a half, they'd be worth a look, like you're saying. But even then, it's just I don't know. They just keep getting boat raced by people, and uh, I I feel like you're kind of chasing it a little bit if you're expecting them to hang in it. You know, it's the NFL, so uh, even really bad teams can hang around with good teams. And you know, the the point spread is a great equalizer, but uh, it's just really hard to step in and put your money down on a team when there's a chance they might not be trying in the third quarter and already be down 17 points and you really have no shot at a back door when they're not even putting in the effort requisite to potentially make a comeback. So no no opinion for me on the side. Uh, in terms of the total, I don't have a strong opinion necessarily on this game, but one of my biggest regrets from the year is not being involved in more San Francisco overs. It was, I, I thought about it in the preseason a little bit and – um, I I was down on Philly after Chip Kelly left. I didn't think they had a lot of talent, and I thought he kind of destroyed their roster a little bit. And uh, I was initially wrong on that, and now that's looking a little bit more accurate as the season's gone on. But then on the other side of it, going to San Francisco, I don't know why I didn't um, take it into account more that his teams are going to be playing more up-tempo, higher scoring. Uh, they don't really have the personnel to play that up-tempo. So bad essentially for for their uh results this year and they're against the spread record this year and i remember thinking that in that first monday night game against the rams that was kind of my thought process was you know bet against san francisco and bet overs and then that first game they beat the rams 28-0 on monday night and for whatever reason i kind of cooled off on that opinion and and uh 
just kind of backed away from it after one result, which, uh, looking at what's happened since then, is a complete mistake because in the, the last games here, they've scored uh, totals of 64 points, 51, 71, 54, uh, 55, and 73. So, I mean, they've gone over the total in about six of eight games. And uh, I really wish I would have been making money off that because I don't think I've bet against San Francisco other than that one game against Dallas and last week against the Saints. So I've only cashed against them twice. And then I haven't bet them over on them once this year. So I really hate leaving a lot of uh, potential profits on the table like that. And it's obviously it's easy to say that looking back on it now, but it sucks when that was my initial uh, thought about the team and then I backed off it so quickly. So it's kind of a lesson for me going forward is uh, one one game in week one, don't necessarily completely throw away or forget about some of your um, thoughts coming into the season uh, from that one week and uh, get a situation where I am now where I'm kicking myself for not having made quite a bit of money on that in the last few weeks. But anyway, that's my only uh, take out of that game. I don't think I'm going to, I know I'm not going to be involved uh, on that one no matter what, basically. So as well, let's move on to the next game. We got the last afternoon game, which is Dallas at Pittsburgh. And my guess on this one was uh, Dallas minus two. What did you have? This one I had as a pick for my guess. My power rating was Pittsburgh minus one and a half. The Westgate opened Pittsburgh minus three, minus 120, and there was no look ahead. Now we're seeing some Dallas money right away. I think that's what we, I think you said it more than me, but we both kind of said it that when it opened at three like that, there's no way that Dallas isn't going to get some money here just from the way they've played all season been pretty impressive and even all the letdown spots and everything they've you know gotten through them and, and won them and covered most of them even so all right not all of them i guess um so yeah i'd not surprised to see some dallas money from that number but now we're seeing some two and a half one and a half kind of closer to where my power rating is and this is a game where i'd probably i don't know i'd probably lean pittsburgh here i think this is a pretty good spot for them just it looked pretty awful uh, against baltimore there and I think it had a lot to do with just the whole chem- team chemistry not being able to practice together with Roethlisberger being not you know questionable all week. There was no line for that game until like the day before or something like that, which is pretty pretty unheard of for the most part, or not unheard of, but pretty unusual out of the ordinary. So um, it was a unique situation. So they were kind of uh, trying to get together there late. So I could see them kind of getting together here for a game and, and stepping up here. But at the current number, I probably won't be betting it. But if it gets any more Dallas support and gets down closer to a pick, I'll probably be on Pittsburgh here for at least a small bet. So that's what I'll be be looking at. And I also have a plane on the total. Uh, it opened at like 49.5, so I bet it immediately on the under. And it quickly moved to 50.5, which I was dumbfounded by. I didn't understand that. And then now, I'm, uh, you know, today, I and I released that 50.5 where it was at because I, didn't, I released this morning that specific play. And now... Pretty much all day now it's getting some money towards the under where I thought it would be. And some of the shorter books are down to 49.5, back to where they are. And just makes makes more sense to me. And um, so I wouldn't be surprised. Like I would think there would be more, mon- under com- more money coming on the under, so I guess we'll see. But um, I, I'm, I'm still kind of curious why this is so high. It just seems like this is a total that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Dallas is pretty... Pretty conservative for the most part. They don't really aren't too flashy on offense, but they you know kind of you know, run the run clock, run the ball, do a little bit of passing, a little dip and dunks, and they can score a decent amount of points, but not you know something like this total. And then Pittsburgh, yeah, they can score a lot of points, but 
they've definitely been a little bit flaky and you know, all year uh, kind of some games will be really good and some games will be really off you know kind of like last week but I think Dallas defense is pretty good as well so this is this seems like a game that's going to be not super low scoring but I think that's just a little little too high for me and that's why I put a play in on it uh, and on a side note when you were talking uh Last time here before this game on the San Francisco game, that sportsbook just moved the total from Miami San Diego from forty eight and a half to forty nine. So maybe they have a little live feed here in my room. Listen to my listen to my breakdown of it. Yeah, yeah to uh, to your point on Pittsburgh, I think they're thought of as one of the highest scoring offenses in the league, which they had the potential to be. But over the last month and a half, basically the whole year, they really haven't. I mean, their their totals have been. At 35, 43, 45, 44, 37, and you know, there's one at 57 here. But I mean, so like they had the potential to put up points, but it's not like they're you know like San Diego where they're consistently scoring in the 50s and 60s. Pretty much, almost all their games this year have been in the mid to low 40s. So um, even though they have the mantra of an over team and the potential to uh, score. Uh, in bunches, they really haven't been doing it a whole lot this year. So I had to agree with you that that number's a little bit inflated. Um, I don't know if I'm fully ready to jump in on that uh, right now, but yeah, I could see where those 50 and a halfs and the 50s aren't going to last a whole lot longer. So if you did like the under, I don't think it's going to hurt you really to to jump in on it now. And in terms of the side, I was shocked. Uh, obviously, my guess at Dallas minus two was way off. Uh, I couldn't believe Pittsburgh was a full three. I just figured I, I think me and you have both been kind of hesitant to buy into Dallas all year, but at some point they kind of got to make you believers. And um, Dallas is about as public as it gets. I know Pittsburgh's a decent public team as well, where they get a lot of support from the public. But I figured, um, you know, I think Dallas is the number one public team, so I figure it's going to be shaded a little bit towards Dallas, and uh, especially with how bad Pittsburgh was last week. Uh, Roethlisberger just looked totally out of sync and I don't know if he's still hurt or what but if he comes out like he did last week uh, they're going to be in a lot of trouble if he was just injured last week still and he comes out a uh, healthier better version of, of Big Ben yeah, then, then I think Pittsburgh might not be a bad bet here like you said if it gets down to a pick or, or one but um, I guess it just kind of all depends on uh, what version of, of Big Ben comes out there and uh, I'm just still kind of surprised that I'm really not shocked that Dallas you're able to pick three with them uh, at the open. So I did take some Dallas plus three, and uh, now the, you know it has come down to two and a half here, two in some places. So um, I got to decide during the week if I want to just hold on to my position at Dallas plus three, or if I want to bet some uh, Pittsburgh at some point this week. But um, I don't know. I'm not really sure what to make of Pittsburgh at this point, I guess. I, I felt really strongly they were going to take care of that Ravens team last week, and and they didn't do it uh, coming out of their bye. I, I've tended to like Tomlin as a coach for the most part over the years, but between some of his questionable in-game decision-making, and it seems like I don't know if uh, what the record is off the top of my head off a bye, but it seems like they are kind of a poorly prepared team coming off a bye over the years. I don't have the numbers to back that up, uh, like I said, but uh, just kind of a lasting impression that I had. So um, I don't know. It seems like Tomlin could be a little bit on on the hot seat here if he doesn't get squared away. Uh, if they're 4-4 four and four now, and uh, you know they're tied with Baltimore and only a half game ahead of Cincy. So if they don't get it going here soon, 
and they end up missing the playoffs, I could see Tomlin and potentially in a little bit of trouble with some of how frustrating their losses and performances are. But uh, in this case in particular, like I said, not uh, totally sure what to, what to make of Pittsburgh here. So going into the night game, uh, Sunday night, we got uh, the Seattle Seahawks, which are currently playing the Bills as we speak. They're tied up at seven here uh, early in the first quarter. So the number has been taken off the board, but there's a number put up before the game uh, against New England. Uh, my guess on this one was New England's minus six and a half. What did you have here, Rob? My guess is New England minus seven and a half. My power rating was New England minus seven. The West get opened at New England minus seven, and the look at it was New England minus seven and a half. <laughs> so, um, and right away, obviously seeing some money from New England, uh, which I would have expected. Moving from seven to seven and a half, and I stationed even just put up an eight as we speak. So um, I don't think it's going to get any higher than that. I don't think it really can. The the public's probably going to keep betting it, but there's no way that Sharps and the Wise Guys aren't going to be on Seattle taking that many points. I I mean, obviously it's going to depend on the game the game tonight. It could go up if Seattle just kind of just gets beat here, gets embarrassed. But even then, it seems really pretty unlikely it's going to go much higher than it is now. Uh, like a double digits range or something like that, but I don't know. With this game, it's you know obviously New England. You're buying as high as you possibly can. Pretty much any team coming off the buy, they look really good. And Brady's clicking on all cylinders. The offense is clicking on all cylinders. I think the biggest downside of this team, or the biggest uh, hole, or they have, is their defense. They just uh, you know that's something that couldn't get exposed a little bit. So that's where you maybe you know look at an over or something like that. But obviously Seattle's not too big of an over team when their offense isn't that great and their defense has been playing pretty good at top five, top five defense for sure. So I don't know what to really make of this game. I think I'll probably just be staying away altogether. Yeah, I think at eight or seven and a half, it's hard to imagine there isn't going to be some sharp buyback on uh, Seattle getting that many points with an above average defense and uh, potentially you know. The, above average offense if their line can hold up but i mean uh betting against belichick off a bye it's hard to imagine that's profitable long term especially when they're playing a primetime monday night game in in the pacific northwest and then they're traveling across country to the east coast for another primetime game against a team that's fully rested off a bye with belichick and brady it's uh <laughs> even though i think that it is it's pretty tempting there with Seven and a half, eight. I'm not sure I can get to the window uh, backing that that setup there. Uh, I would be fairly intrigued with teasing New England down below three here. You can get them through the key number of, you know, like say they take that station, you get them through the key number of eight, get them through the key number of seven, six, four, three, all the way down to two. Uh, those are the best best value on your teasers is to get them through all those key numbers like that. So uh, I think you could. Uh, I think New, teasing New England is uh, not a bad bet at all, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know off the top of my head which uh, who I'd want to necessarily tease them with, but I think that would be a very solid option uh, to go with. Who uh, just off the top of your head? I don't know if you looked at it at all, but is there anybody else that you can see that you would uh, think about teasing them with? I would. Uh, first instinct, I'd probably want to tease San Diego down. You're not getting it through many key numbers obviously it's you know, six points you're getting at two and a half which is not going to be too good i mean obviously you'd like to get a little bit more more out of that but 
there's not really yeah there's not really anything to jump off the screen but i i think san diego should should win that game pretty handedly i would assume so i mean i, I from a value or number standpoint i don't think it makes a ton of sense but just from a a, a betting perspective i think that would be a pretty good team to tease it with yeah i was just thinking if you did it now you could land a plus seven which is kind of intriguing or you, oh, that's a good one too you yeah. could the vikings up to nine that's kind of intriguing um I'd, I'd say, like, the Vikings' potential could lose. Like, I could see that getting blown up easier than, say, Atlanta plus seven. But I still gain the Vikings basically be the, the inverse of what I just talked about. You get them up from plus two and a half all the way up through three, through four, through six, through seven, through eight. So that would be the best uh, value in terms of number-wise. But anyway, I, I I'd think... Say, I'd, say, I'd say Kansas City, too, I'd like a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah get them up to nine against Carolina. I think that's... Uh, not like a bad play, especially with Andy Reid on the road, and they like to play pretty tight, close games. Even if they do have a lead, they're going to sit on it, and I don't know. They like to play. That's the type of games they like to play. So that getting that many points, I actually like that quite a bit. The more I think about it. Yeah. So anyway, I just think, I think New England. You can get Belichick and Brady in the primetime home game. Like I said, in that in that spot against Seattle, and you can tease them down below a field goal. I think that's a pretty good way to attack that game. But other than that, I think the totals fine where it's at. And uh, if you just bet the side straight. Uh, I, it'd be hard for me to pull the trigger on Seattle, but I also don't like playing seven and a half, eight against a team as good as Seattle. So uh, that's my opinion on that one. Uh, the last game we got here is the Monday night game between Cincinnati and the Giants. Um, my guess for this one was the Giants minus three and a half. What did you have here? My guess was the Giants minus three. My power rating was the Giants minus three. And the opener and the look at the Westgate was the Giants minus two. And uh, that's pretty much what we're seeing. We're seeing some early support for Cincinnati going from that that to actually no, no, we're not. From my from what I think this should have been, I guess. Uh, obviously, from the the opener, I you know think this is a little light here. I already put a bet in on the Giants at two, um, and right now I'm seeing two two and a half. I, I think we saw a little bit of early Cincy support now, maybe a little bit of Giants, but definitely not a whole lot either way. And you know I would expect this line to go to three, but I don't. I won't be shocked either way. I, I guess I won't bet anything on it. I, I, I guess I've been against Cincinnati pretty much all year, and the market hasn't really shaped the way I expected. So I, I I think this should go to three, or at least stay at two and a half, but I really won't be shocked if Cincinnati took some money here either, just from you know Cincinnati coming off a buy. And I think a lot of people have the taste in their mouth from last year, but Cincinnati is a different team. And pretty much I, I have, I think you kind of been on board too, that Cincinnati is not the same team. They look pretty pretty miserable for the most part not not miserable but definitely not not that good and the Giants have if anything impressed me their defense is a lot better and then their offense is kind of seems like they're kind of working their way to to better here so I don't really understand this is why it's you know two two and a half like I said put a bet in at the Giants uh two uh minus two but I'll, I'll be interested to see where the market goes if it uh, goes the way I think it should or if it goes the opposite way yeah I think it's going to get to three um I haven't been overly impressed with the Giants all year and think that win last week against Philadelphia was a little fraudulent, but I still think they're okay to maybe a little bit above okay, and they do have a little bit higher of a ceiling going forward. And I do think the Bengals also have a little bit higher ceiling than what they've showed, but they really haven't shown much all year. They beat the Browns in a good spot, and they beat the Dolphins in a good spot, and then they barely snuck by the Jets opening week, and other than that, They've lost to four average teams to above average. Any team they've played that's been average or above, basically, they've 
Um, they've lost two, and then they tied the Redskins there in London before their bye. So um, not only just results-wise, being at 3-4-1, and one, I just visually I think they just have been off. I think the Hugh Jackson being gone as their offensive coordinator has hurt them, and then there's still a hangover effect from Zimmer being gone the last few years. Um, has, you know, it's kind of starting to show up in terms of I think their defense is um, kind of corroding a little bit. And then I'm not sure the status of Burfecht, if he's uh, good and ready to go in this game, but I think their defense is not quite as tight as it was a couple of years ago. And their offense losing not only Hugh Jackson calling the plays, but then losing Sanu to Atlanta and Marvin Jones to Detroit. It's just kind of they, – they do have Eifert back now from injury at tight end, which is big for them. Uh, but basically it's the A.J. Green show, and that's – about it. I, don't, I still don't trust Dalton that much, and um, I just think the Giants are at least as good of a team. So the fact they're not getting the full three is, uh, I think, just incorrect. So I did bet the Giants a minus two. Um, I think it's worthy of a bet here. It's still at two and a half, pretty much everywhere, and I think there's a pretty good chance this gets to three by game time. I don't really have any opinion on the total, but uh, that's. That's uh, about, I think that's it here for the, the games this week, for what, week 10 now. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's go to a uh, quick little concept corner here. Now, clear your head as we back into concept corner. All right, so for the concept corner this week, we're just going to do a little brief one here. Um, not necessarily about a betting concept, but since it's a uh, election week here with the presidential election taking place tomorrow, uh, Rob's just going to give a little quick breakdown of the uh, how the betting odds have kind of moved here as the uh, races progress. So, Rob, uh, go ahead, go ahead here. Yeah, so this will make it a little fun here. Take a step back from any complex concepts or anything else that uh, may be kind of hard to grasp. Uh, just figuring, and uh, with the election coming up, we might as well do that since we're doing it a day, a day early. Since for the election, we'll might as well make the concept corner about it. So I just real quickly back in August 5th of 2015, Clinton was a minus 110 favorite to win, win the election. And Trump was plus 2,500 to become the next president. And then she pretty much been staggered the same through the early part of 2016. Okay. Yeah. Just make, making sure that you mentioned that was, uh, you know, over a year ago, August, not. Yeah. I said August 5th, 2015. Okay. okay good. Just making sure. And then, yeah. So the early part of 2016, she moved from about roughly, you know, even money to, up to a two to one favorite and she kind of kept climbing throughout and that's when trump trump moved down to plus 200 so that's when it kind of you know first quarter there of 2016 is when they were kind of those were the two favorable candidates or the two favorable outcomes to become the president so then from there she was kept climbing to june 22nd 2016 on minus 320 trump was plus 260 august 18th she was minus 450, and he was 325, plus 325, and then that's kind of her peak uh, for the most part. And then in September, she kind of went down. I think that's when you know the different thing with the FBI and stuff and their emails kind of came for the second time around. That was kind of re- more recent too. And then she moved down to a two to one favorite again. And then basically within the last week, she moved from a two to one, three to one favorite, and now she's back up to about a, a five to one or six to one favorite. So it's uh you know kind of keep moving in her direction. So it'll be kind of interesting to see. So right at at today's odds, she's about minus five fifty, and Trump's plus three seventy five. 
And if you want to take a shot at anybody else, you can get them at uh, 10,000 to 1. So maybe a, maybe a little Bernie or uh, Gary, uh, whatever, the what, Gary Johnson. So it's, yeah, I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. And uh, it should be, a, should be pretty interesting. I know he's been campaigning. I think you know better where he went, but he was going to different few different places, which didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, even Hillary, uh, she, where she was doing her last campaigning for. So, um, yeah, I'll be excited tomorrow. be able to watch it all the, all night long there, and it's always fun, I think, every four years to be able to turn on the, the news channels and see all the different states come in and when it's confirmed and all that stuff and hear all the breakdown of it. So it should be should be pretty fun. Yeah, and just to give a little bit uh, better context or understanding, uh, but what the the money lines equate to? Uh, you said Hillary was minus five fifty to win, correct? Yeah, currently. So yeah, the current number there. So that equates to about an eighty five percent win percentage according to uh, the betting markets. So they're saying she has an eighty five percent chance to win at, at the current number. And then I know obviously our our home state of Minnesota, which uh, a lot of listeners are, are from or interested in, um, is been talked a little bit about potentially being vulnerable. I know Trump was there uh, over the weekend and uh, trying to gather up a little support in Minnesota, and there's some talk about it potentially going to the Republican side of the, the ticket. So uh, Five Dimes does have a state-by-state breakdown of our odds of what uh, whether it's likely to be carried by a Democrat or Republican. And uh, Minnesota, the current odds are minus 1730 to be carried by the Democratic candidate, which uh, equates to a 95% chance. So I just thought that was uh, kind of interesting. And then the other one that we're connected to is Nevada, uh, which is currently minus 530 to be carried by a Democratic candidate. So that equates to 84%. So just a couple percentages there to kind of put it contextually um easier to understand as opposed to betting odds which you know are kind of hard to grasp when you're talking minus 500 minus 1400 you know or, or whatever it's a little bit under hard to understand exactly what that means so anyway that's uh yeah a little bit about the election so we'll be uh, curious to see how that all plays out tomorrow and uh looking forward to it that's for sure you don't have any bets uh pending on the election do you <laughs> I was gonna wonder. I was wondering if I should say anything. I do have a, a non-book uh, bet with uh, with my dad or your dad or our dad, I should say. He, uh, my dad, your dad, our dad, and then go all yeah. those work. Yeah, whatever. Any <laughs> any way you want to put it. So he. Uh, so I took Clinton at even money, and he's still counting the days. Starting on now, he's ready to collect tomorrow after after she loses. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but I'll. I'll take the best of the number any any time I can. So win or lose, I'm completely fine making that bet. So other than that, I don't have anything though. How about yourself? No, I looked at uh, on five dimes. There was a bet um, about a month ago. I saw where it was a Trump electoral college vote, um, whatever votes. It was uh, I think it was minus three seventy nine and a half or three seventy nine and a half was the over under. And uh, the under was like minus fifteen hundred, which obviously you got a lot of lay a lot of chalk on that. But I was just couldn't even hardly envision a scenario where he, you know, boat racer and and won three hundred and eighty plus electoral votes. So I was been pretty tempted to just lay, you know, say three grand to win two hundred on that because I just didn't even think that was possible really to happen. But I didn't do it a month ago because you never know what could happen in terms of Hillary, you know, potentially 
falling out of favor with the public or, you know, even being indicted or, or whatever, whatever could happen with a month to go. So I didn't end up making that bet and also keeping your money tied up for that long. And, uh, currently looking, I don't see, they don't even have that up anymore. So uh, a little bit bummed about that. I would have been interested in making that bet with only a day here to go, but I don't see that anymore. So I don't have any, uh, monetary investment in the election. I'll just be watching it more from a entertainment and, and fan perspective. Uh, I oh, and there is somebody. Yeah, I so to throw out there. that's the main thing I was uh, gonna was pointing towards there. Oh, okay, yeah. So there was somebody that I know, or there's somebody that I know that has a bet on on Hillary at I don't know how much he has down. It's forty to fifty thousand somewhere in there. So roughly forty five thousand he's got on Hillary to win to be the next candidate. So he's obviously gonna be uh, chewing his nails a little bit and grinding his teeth to try to get her through tomorrow. So do you know what? Um, do you know what odds he got that at? Death, death? That's what I'm trying to think. I don't know when it was, but I would assume it's. I think it was he's had it for like a year or something like that. So I think it was somewhere. It's got to be somewhere in the minus two hundred to. Th- Minus three hundred range, I believe. If, if I had to guess, but don't obviously don't hold me to that. But that's what I'd have to guess from when I heard about it and everything else. So, so probably about uh, fifty thousand to win twenty five thousand or somewhere in that ballpark. I think so. Yeah, if my member, if I rec, if I rec, rec I can't, I can't recall speak. Yeah, if I remember that right. Yeah, what's that? Recall correctly. Yeah, if I recollect that correctly, is what I was going for. Okay. But, uh, kind so, of yeah. a little bit tongue twister. He has a little bit, uh, yeah, be a little bit more of a nervous night for him than most. But I uh, just thought that was an interesting <laughs> little tidbit. So, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, conclude that with a little election talk, and let's head over and do our uh, AS pick of the week. The AS pick of the week. So this is the uh, first time all year we're both coming in off a loser. I had Denver last week, which is pretty much a uh, Never in doubt, wrong side, even though there was some questionable refereeing and motivation on the Denver side. Uh, still, never really, never really had a chance. So, uh, just a, you know, bad pick on my part or a mis, misread on the, the game. And then you had the, the Titans there. Uh, the num- yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest, uh, square sharp divides or one of the heaviest, Heaviest wise guy uh, picks of the week there was the the Tennessee, so I like being on that side obviously because that's going to be long term profitability and obviously just the number itself showed that so I didn't work out but I don't really hate the pick by any means and think it's going to make money long term so that's what I would uh, you know, can't can't get too mad about it. Yeah, losing by eight when they threw two pick sixes and you know whatever just kind of got jumped out on early as well as uh, didn't get there but yeah I don't think I was on you with them too I don't think it uh, was too bad of a bet so. Yeah, it is what it is. It happens in uh, you know, this, these markets. So you just got to take it, take it on the chin, and move on, and hope to get her back this week. So um, our records now: I'm three, three and one, and you are four and, and four and three. Is that correct? Three, four and three. Yeah. Okay, right, four and three. So uh, I still have the T box since. Uh, you, I hit an OB, but you followed it right up after me. <laughs> yeah, not too impressive a showing. Kind of maybe kind of like the golf tournament last week we got played in. Yeah, it didn't didn't go to form. But what are you gonna do? Um, so this week, um, I'm debating between a couple here that I have already released, but I think I'm gonna have to go with uh, I'll go with Houston minus one as my uh, pick of the week there. I, Bet that right at open, and it's still I still see a couple ones out there, so uh, I'll take the Houston minus one as uh, my pick of the week. Where where are you looking? Well, I thought you were going to go with that Miami over, so I'm kind of shocked here. 
uh, that's still uh, available than the card. But you know what? I, I already have a two-unit play on that, so maybe just kind of mix it up. Maybe I'll just do, after you brought up that teacher, maybe I'll make it interesting and do that New England teacher tied with that Kansas City. All right, so tease New England down to, uh, we call it, it's saying it's seven and a half, pretty widely out there. So tease that down to one and a half, and then tease Kansas City up to nine. Yep. All right, so, and then in teasers for people that aren't familiar with them, uh, depending on where you bet them, uh, you can send out some offshore books. The six-point teaser is plus 100, so even money. And other places in Vegas, sometimes they charge you up to minus 130, and they've historically charged you more uh, as time's gone on because I think that you know they've been getting beat on them, and uh, people, uh, the sharp betters have been using them pretty effectively. Like we said, get them through those key numbers, so you know when they're either limiting you on betting wise or they're changing the odds or, or changing the juice to having to pay more for them. Usually it's because they're getting beat and they don't like getting beat, obviously. So um, you can still find them in Vegas. Uh, I know personally at some places you can find them at minus 110. Uh, so it's just basically a standard bet in terms of juice. So we'll grade that at uh, Kansas City plus 9, teased with New England minus 1.5 at minus 110 for the, the pick of the week for Robbie. All right. That sounds good. All right. Well, uh, enjoy the election tomorrow night and uh good luck on your picks this week i know hopefully uh we can have a little bounce back week for the both of us here and get back on the right track yeah exactly i'm uh pretty much wor- i think the worst week i had all all season last week in the nfl especially if you take away that thursday night game which wasn't i mean specifically the worst sunday so hopefully you know, a little bit of bounce back here and keep uh, doing the homework and keep grinding away and watching the markets and i'm you know Happy to hope that the the markets will or my bets will eventually uh, start winning profit profit a little bit here. So, all right, sounds good, Rob. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronsports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more. 